I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy beautiful town. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I'm your host, Abby, and your other lovely, beautiful, talented host, Jess, uh, is out celebrating Boyfriend of the Pod, Billy's birthday, because, you know, Billy had the audacity to have a birthday when we needed to record a podcast. So Go back in your mother's womb, Billy. Yeah, what the hell? Um... No, I'm just kidding. Happy birthday, Billy. Uh, but today's very exciting because we have our very first guests. So here to talk about Splesbians is the co-hosts of Sapphic Skywalkers, Lynn and Emma. Hi! <laughs> oh, I'm imagining he's a grown man trying to crawl back into his mom's vagina. <laughs> So thank you for that image. Uh, <laughs> Emma. Yeah, what? Yeah, trying to really record a nice I'm sorry, podcast, Abby. and you know, you, you two are already fucking it up. <laughs> uh, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. This was You're the mistake. one who asked us to come. Mistakes on. were made. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is like, we were talking about this before we started recording, which has taken us years because Zencaster sucks, and then we decided to record with Audacity instead, and this has just been a hot mess. But we're here, we're doing the thing, we're potting the cast. Um, But this is like the third or fourth time that the three of us have recorded together this year. Yep. We can't get enough of each other. We just love it. We just love each other so much. We do. Right? Is that is that is that is You're that what it people. is? Is that what it is? You're my people. I or guess. we're the only people that can tolerate each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> Jess is gonna be listening to this episode like, what the fuck? Yeah. Jess, <laughs> Jess uh, still has to edit this episode, so <laughs> enjoy Jess. We love you, Jess. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We love you. <laughs> we miss you. We wish you were here. Yay. XOXO. Sapphic Skywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got a fair bit of news. Um, and the first thing is that Galaxy's Edge opened in Anaheim, like, last week. Yeah. And still can't afford to go, but no. it looks really nice. It looks so It does good. look nice. And I'm totally so not nice. jealous of the people who got to go. You'll get your turn, Abby. You'll get your turn. In like 10 years. (laughs) I'm like, I'm jealous, but I'm like weirdly calm about it because like theme parks just aren't really a thing. Like, I want to be able to go to a theme park, but like it's always been out of reach my entire life. Oh, true. So like, why would I be jealous of people going to Disneyland when people always go to Disneyland and I never go to Disneyland? So That's fair. <laughs> that's kind of where my headspace is at. Is like, yes, I would like to go. I don't know when that's happening. So Look, it's still, even though it's Galaxy's Edge, it's still a hellhole of capitalism. So oh. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You're yeah. right. <laughs> but they could take my money and I could go home with the things. You know what I mean? Or you can wait until those things go online for cheap and buy they them. They will never be cheaper online. 
Yeah, they, they will. will never be cheaper online. Okay, and also factor in that I have to pay significantly more for shipping than you do. Oh, true. Oh, well, what we could do is we get we send it to me and then I send it to you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Emma, when I go to Walt Disney World this November, I'll buy things for you. How about that? Oh, that's right. You get to oh. go. Yeah, I get to go in November. You bitch. Oh. <laughs> and it was even, it was not even planned. Like me and my friend plan our trip and then i was like oh wait galaxy's is just gonna be open by then so shoot i gotta like I'm pay excited. attention to the things that i yeah. want now yeah because like, the merchandise <laughs> is so cute they have it loth is. cats they do have they cats. have those they have... weird spiders from rebels i hate it first of all thanks <laughs> i hate it oh did you see the wrath tars yeah the vibrating wrath <laughs> i hate it i hate it it's just, it's like this out of control thing and it just wiggles. <laughs> it's so stupid. I am confused. I'm so confused why they were like, this is, this is what we need to make merchandise out of. Merchandise. <laughs> Someone would surely buy this. Uh, Danny Pirtle would totally buy that. But Danny only Robot. Danny. It literally, I think, like, no. it's just Danny in an armful of Rathdar. <laughs> <laughs> i honestly think that's why they made it so ridiculous so like the millennial crowd would buy it purely for like the ridiculousness of it yeah. because <laughs> yeah. we that's how we is like that's how we are yep it's just one of the really cool things um i was watching a vlog of Kelsey and Peach K, who works at BuzzFeed. She's super cute and a huge Star Wars fan. So she got to go um, and she vlogged her whole day. Um, and one of the things that she did was she built her own lightsaber. Um, like, I cried. <laughs> One, just seeing, like, the pure joy on her face. And, like, two, because it just, it looks really cool. And it's expensive as hell, but, like, the way the ex- mm-hmm. it's it's not just getting a lightsaber like it's an experience which yeah. is something that disney is really good at um yes. and the cast member who was doing all of the like introducing and and how to do it like she seemed really into it and it's just that's really fucking cool it kind of reminds me of uh the the Ollivander experience yeah. at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah, and I got picked Ooh. to get a wand in Ollivander's a couple years ago. And then they were like, that's fifty dollars oh, for yeah. that wand. Oh yeah. You had to pay for the wand that you were chosen to get. And you uh, bet but, your ass I paid for it. <laughs> oh well of course you did. Can you never get chosen? It's usually like little kids. But mm-hmm. with the lightsabers, it's like two fifty, and you can only have that experience if you pay for the whole two fifty. But it it's something that's it's the closest thing that you will ever get to actually owning your real lightsaber and having that experience of making it. Yeah. So I think it would be worth it if you have the money. You've got the cash. Have the dough. <laughs> That's, that that would be something worth saving up for, though, I think. Yeah. yeah. But that would be the only thing you could buy yeah. in Galaxy's Edge. You can't get your vibrating wrath tars if you build your own no. lightsaber. No. Um. 
<laughs> I totally wrote down vibrating raftars as a possible title for this episode. So you're welcome. <laughs> oh my god, someone's gonna use that as a sex toy one day. Uh, <laughs> I knew <laughs> You know somebody is. <laughs> one day right now, Lynn, right now. I hate it. I as hate we it. speak. Why? Get <laughs> away from me. Dude, somebody's under tentacles and it vibrates. No. Like, really? Can we, can what we do talk you about expect? Cute rays instead? Yeah. Oh, baby <laughs> rays. Oh, baby rays. <laughs> That's such a weird transition. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Baby rays. Baby rays are amazing. Yeah, okay. They fill my heart with joy. I can't wait to I have just, kids and like just dress them up in Star Wars shit. I yes. hope your kids hate Star Wars. Rude. <laughs> what the fuck, Lynn? Why would you wish that on me? I don't know. That is so mean. No, but it's so cute to see all the little baby rays, and especially since um I recently just had an experience with a forty-five-year-old male, white cis male, complain about. Um, how oh, Ray is such a Mary Sue. Um, he was my cousin. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just so nice to see that, you know, despite what other people think, that little girls take inspiration and love Ray and have someone to look up to. Yeah. It's just, it's so, pre- I mean, like, I love baby Ray's as it is because they're just, like, they don't even know what a Star Wars is no. at this point in their lives. Or, like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, like, that big exploding thing with the lights and stuff. Like, they don't really, they can't really comprehend it at this point in their lives. But they know they like that girl. And, oh, my gosh, that girl is there and I can give her a hug. What? Like, it's it's so precious. What if if, if we see baby roses walking around? (gasps) Give me the baby roses. Oh, my God. I am totally going to dress up my kids as baby roses do it now i hope your kids love oh my thank God. you <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. baby rose baby roses walking around that too i want it that too i don't care oh give it give it to me now give me give me okay okay speaking of things that we don't want to have um, they really EA Star Wars released the Jedi Fallen Order demo. Okay. Um, I think yesterday, Saturday, as we're recording this. Um, did anybody else watch it? I watched little bits of it, but I got really bored really quick. So I'm not yeah, lie. yeah. I saw a, I saw snippets. I did not sit down and watch all of it. Yeah. But I'm on vacation, so I have an excuse. <laughs> Um, today is my weekend off and I have no excuse I just I, I just kind of like get really sleepy anytime I see the protagonist like he literally <laughs> makes me want to fall asleep so you know and I'm, I'm pretty tired today so I, I um, I'm not gonna look at it because I want to stay awake um, <laughs> but um, yeah that's uh, that's about where I'm at right now <laughs> Um, one of the only interesting things about this is Saw Gerrera's in the game. Yeah. Saw Gerrera, hello. Saw Gerrera, voiced by Forrest Whitaker. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. 
Yeah, that's, okay, that's, that's cool. the one thing. Um, I really enjoy Saw Gerrera, and I also really enjoy that, like, Forrest Whitaker seems to also really enjoy Saw Gerrera, considering he's come back for Rebels and yeah. now this video game with generic white boy Jedi. Um, like, it seems like he's really into playing Saw, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like, I like that he's, like, staked, like, made his... Sorry, staked his claim. Yeah, in the Star Wars galaxy, and he's like running with it. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. So. Although this this game is supposed to take place right after Order sixty six, right? Um, I think it's like I a think... couple of years after. because so, like based on like, like the stormtroopers that you see, um, none mm-hmm. of them sound like clone troopers. Okay. Um. And their uniforms are all very imperial. Okay. I wonder... And and Forrest Whitaker didn't do any motion capture for this. It was just pure voice, right? I have no idea. TBH. I doubt uh, he did the motion cap. I, I think it's just voice. What state? Saw's going to be. Yeah. Like, what his physical appearance is going to be. Yeah. Because he went from, he, he's kind of young and, I mean, not young, but he looks young in in the in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So, go from that to what he looks like around the Rebels and Rebel Time and Rogue One. I wonder Yeah, because this would only be, state. this would only be, like, a couple of years after we saw him in Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Saw Gerrera apparently didn't age very well, which is unfortunate. <laughs> he got Obi-Wan kenobi He got Obi-Wan Kenobi. He got kenobi Yep. War is rough, kids. You know. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta take care of yourself. I mean it's it's a it's a rough twenty years between <laughs> Yeah. Between Revenge of the Sith and a New Hope. So, you know. I think ages is all I wonder if uh, I wonder um, if he has Jin at this point, <gasps> he's meeting this Jedi. I didn't even think about that. He would have because right? the timeline, the timelines are roughly similar. Or maybe like he gets the call from Ga- like Galen and Lara, and that's how he bows out of the game. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, oh. it is around this. If it's a couple years after Revenge, then yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cry. He could have <sighs> Jin. What if Baby Jin makes an appearance in the game? Oh my god! Oh my Baby god! Jin. I would die. I would take Baby Jin. So I watched the whole video because apparently I hate myself, um, <laughs> and it's in alpha right now. And to me, the gameplay like looks really fucking janky and stiff. Like it, it I don't know what um, program EA uses, but like. I don't know, like, everything looks very, like, it looks like they stutter, like, with their body, and mm. I'm not into mm. it, because, like, the entire time I'm sitting there thinking about um, The Last of Us Part 2 demo, and mm. everything is so fucking smooth in that, um, and I know EA and Naughty Dog are, you know, very different, um, but they're both AAA titles, and so, I don't know. It just looks kind of iffy to me. I well, what I thought was interesting is that they're kind of using the lightsaber as like a bit of a flashlight, but like it doesn't, like that's not how lightsabers light things up. Like, yeah, 
that's what kind of stood out to me when I watched like the couple clips I did. I was like, oh, like it's just like it's it's too bright. It's not and it's not blue enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it, something about this is off. Um, yeah, that's all I can really comment on. I'm like I and like I'm not a huge like especially like with open world games and stuff like that I'm not a huge gamer so Mm -hmm. like it's hard for me to comment on like kind of the general graphics and everything but that kind of stood out as interesting to me and apparently he's capable of doing the force freeze yeah like Kylo Ren does I also did not like the visual for that because like no I don't know I didn't like the like blur of that I thought it looked really weird Mm. I'm gonna be a dead horse into a ground. I'm just kind of confused of why this game is even happening and why the story of this game is even a thing. <laughs> I'm so. Confused. I think I would have liked it more if it would have like if it was based off like of this legend of a Jedi, and so like nobody is really sure what this person kind of was like or was really about. So that way you could have um, had like full customization. Hmm. I think that would have maybe elevated this because what I'm looking at is like the blandest of bland white boys and I'm supposed to like if you're gonna give me a white boy you have to make him interesting and right now I'm just I'm not feeling it so (laughs) I'm kind of like like everything that's like not the the protagonist is kind of what's intriguing to me um the protagonist himself i'm like i I don't know why i'm supposed to care about you because like i there was a post order 66 story that we didn't get to see through and it was kane and jerris's story yeah and i would have much rather have seen that yeah to be honest tbh his droid is really cute though bb it's cute he's he's really cute and i kind of want one so you know he reminds me too much of Aiden's droid from Battlefront. Like, it just, it, he does, he seems to perform the same thing. Like, he he kind of has the same role that yeah. Aiden's droid does. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just being salty. <laughs> I'm not even going to play the game. So, like, what am I even talking about? So. The only other thing that, like, endears me to this game which there's like two things that endear me to this game is um cal's mentor she appears on the poster and i think maybe in the trailer too but her name is seer Sayer. it's c-e-r-e um and she is a black woman who used to be a jedi master i guess and somehow like her and cal the bland white boy um meet up and struggle with being master and padawan which sounds very reminiscent of kanan and uh ezra's relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um we'll see because something about like the description of her made me feel like they're eventually going to kill her off for cal's man pain yeah that doesn't seem mm-hmm. too promising nope. having his no. mentor kind of oh no 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 that that's gonna end bad (laughs) i think well okay i've heard some rumors that apparently like so apparently like the second sister which is like one of the inquisitors is around and a lot of people are saying it's barris who blew up the jedi temple in clone wars yeah wait wait you guys feel about that wait so they're saying that barris is the second sister yeah, like she okay, turned to Palpatine after isn't the that, fall. Isn't that like an old Rebels theory that 
I think so. I think it's a rebel theory that is like wormed its way over to uh, this game, Fallen Order. I did. Okay, I did see. I think it was Matt Martin comment on that idea, and I I agreed with him. Is like he said he'd be very he'd be very sad if like Barris went down the Inquisitor path for because like she had the right idea. Mm. Um, she was right about the Jedi like losing their way and becoming prey to the dark side. She just went about it in a really bad way. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know if she'd become an Inquisitor because of that. I mean, unless she was forced yeah. into it. But yeah, the second sister was very into what she was doing, and I don't. Yeah, I don't see Barris being taking that sharp left turn into the dark side so yeah okay i thought i'd bring it up because i thought that was an interesting theory yeah but well and people were like talking about it like it was fact which you have to be careful with on stan twitter but um yeah so i just thought that was an interesting way of looking at it because yeah i would be sad too because like i was like well she is like yeah, she, like, blew up the temple, but, like, she had her reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, everybody on the dark side also thinks they have their reasons. That's true. So I'm kind of like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. But the way Matt Martin phrases that makes me think that it's not Barris. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, something that I'm super fucking stoked for is Alphabet Squadron. Um, yes. We yes. got a little excerpt um, the other day on the Star Wars website and it's like just a little blurb and I'm 100% sure that this book is going to be the death of me. <laughs> oh no, I'm, we're all going to die on Tuesday. So I, My heart is ready to be ripped out of its chest. I am so ready because it sounds like it's going to be found family and they're like figuring each other out in this book and... And there's Harrison Dula. I'm sorry. Oh, and Harris and Harris there and like, like... No, found family is a great trope that Star Wars yes, utilizes so a lot yeah. in the best way. Yeah. And so I'm so excited for this book. <laughs> and it's post Return of the Jedi and I'm like all about that era and like figuring out how does the Empire become the first order and like mm-hmm. all that jazz. How like I'm super pumped. The foundations for the New Republic. Yes. And everything and there's some characters that could be total totally hella gay. <laughs> yeah. I like our odds. I, I like, like our odds, odds mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So. By the time people are listening to this, because this will come out on Wednesday, the book will already be out. <gasps> Hopefully, we'll probably sound like fools. <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy because on Tuesday I am taking a crane from Texarkana where my parents live down to Dallas, and that's like a five-hour train ride, oh, and hell yeah. I'm only going to be reading Alphabet Squadron. So I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so jealous of you. I have to go to work during the day on Tuesday. I, have to I was so it. hoping that I was going to be able to find the book I out in the wild just before the release date, which I know isn't great for sales, but like it was so I could read it before I had to like go back to work and like nose to the grindstone. Yeah. So, but Tuesday evening is Alphabet Squadron time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. More gates in space, please. Yeah, <laughs> please. please. Which is a started. great segue into our topic for this week. So Jess and I decided that since it's Pride Month, we are going to have a whole month of gay. Um, yes. 
so this entire month we plan on having a bunch of guests um all of whom are some sort of somewhere on the lgbtq plus um spectrum if if you will um except for jess because you know jess is unfortunately straight and <laughs> we claim her though we do we, we do claim we claim her, her. Um, she's the ally when people say A stands for ally. She is the ally. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound, but it really ally. stands for Airways, <laughs> just so you know. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about this, and that is why, huh? I said, You guys are doing more than what we're doing. <laughs> oh, well. we just exist, Lynn. Every d- every episode <laughs> every is Pride Month for us. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah, that's a, the whole premise of your podcast. So, like, I think you guys win. <laughs> so it's not a competition. <laughs> Although we, like, we, we did just dedicate our last episode to, like, speculating about Star Wars, which doesn't really have much to do with gays, because there's a lot of, like, TV and film stuff. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I bring up Kylo's dick more than once. God damn it. Yeah, we yeah. did. <laughs> Wait, Abby, are you saying that you haven't listened to our last episode? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Lynn, how many episodes behind are you on Lousy Beautiful Town? Uh, Excuse me, I have a playlist full of episodes to listen to all tomorrow. I have a playlist full of episodes. Listen. (laughs) Listen. Okay, so I decided a while ago that i was gonna go back and listen to the entire catalog of rogue pod oh and so that's all that's i've a been journey. listening to recently <laughs> that is fair because i did that earlier this this earlier this year where i literally went back and started from the very beginning yeah. and it was a great choice so you are on the right path so i cannot i cannot blame you for not listening to sapphic <laughs> But it's in my queue, so mm-hmm. I will make sure to listen to I'm sorry. I'm a terrible <laughs> friend. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay, so um, my first bullet point in this section is that we're gay. <laughs> he is. We are gay. In, all, in, in some way, shape, or form. Um we're queer, we're here, and we're ready to take over. Huh? I said we're queer, we're here, and we're ready to take over. Or we're here and queer. I messed it up. Fuck But me. yeah, so we are here because we are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and we feel like it's really important to talk about this kind of representation because there isn't a whole lot of it within Star Wars. Um, my second bullet point was Star Wars isn't gay. Um, and then in parentheses all the time, because there is a couple of instances where there is queer representation in Star Wars, which we talked a little bit about in our uh, mm-hmm. Queen Shadow episodes. So, like we have Afra, who is probably one of the most gay <laughs> characters. She's the most visible. Yeah. she's she's kind of the most. She's the most visible. She's the only one that's yeah. leading um, her story. Um, she seems to be. Actually, I think she's one of the best sellers out of the whole Star Wars line of comics. So like, and she's the only original comic story that's out there right now. So that's actually a really big yeah. deal. Um, and like, we have like, a, we have that like yeah. a whole panel of her and, oh, I can't remember her name. Tolvin. Tolvin. Yeah. 
magnet making out. Just oh, making out. It was a beautiful panel. It was great. Oh, so good. It was the best thing to flip to, I have yep. to say. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, that's a top 10 moment <laughs> in new canon. <laughs> um, yes. There, what What's the guy's name from Aftermath? Sinjir Rathbillis. Um, we have him as well and his husband. I can't remember the name of it. Condor. You. <laughs> I'm a I'm a fake Star Wars <laughs> fan. Um, we have Sabe, who we don't get her. Well, we kind of do because she says that she also likes women. Um, yeah. And mostly alien yeah. women. And then we have Caden Larty, who is from the Ahsoka novels. Um, so two of which, two of these characters are from E.K. Johnston. So thank you, E.K. Johnston. You're wonderful. And try to insert queer representation wherever Disney will let you. And I really appreciate that. Who are the uh, two lesbians from Queen's Shadow, Lynn? Oh. Oh, 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 Irte and, um, Sache? Sache, yeah, I think so. yeah. So she brought in to well i don't know how they identify but she brought in like a lesbian couple and so and sabe is clearly on the spectrum somewhere so that's really good rep i would say for you know for a lucasfilm publishing novel yeah i think if you read her non-star wars stuff it's gay so like (laughs) super 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 so it's they're on my um (laughs) so yes you will love them when you actually get around to them. They're amazing. So um, she does re- some really good work in bringing that to stores, and I hope she gets another Me project too. somewhere down the line. Me too. I love her dearly. Okay, I was wrong. It was uh, Yane and Sasha. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, how to clear no, that up. How to get their case right. So all of these characters are either comics or books. Um. And yes. mm-hmm. um, the Star Wars Rep Matters panel from Celebration talked about this a lot, how publishing is way far ahead of any um, bigger, I guess you could say, medium within Star Wars, like the movies and the TV shows, because mm-hmm. that's what like the general population is going to see the most. Because, you know, we in Star Wars Twitter are like, yeah, like, the books are a big deal because, like, we all consume that kind of canon. Mm-hmm. But, my like, I don't know, my mm-hmm. parents, who are big Star Wars fans, only watch the movies. And a lot of my friends only watch the movies. Like, yeah. Um, my brother-in-law actually yelled at me for referencing a book when I was talking to him about a Star Wars character. So, <laughs> like, that kind of tells you how, like, most of the audience views the novels right. when it comes down right. to it. So it's kind of really upsetting that we don't get this representation, especially in the movies, where that's where the widest audience is coming from. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if we'll ever get it in the movies. Oh, we're going to get it in the movies at some point, um, whether it be five years or ten years down the line. Um, because I do think there is not there's not a, the biggest push, but there is a push for mm. uh, for it to be included. And, I mean, 
I don't want to bring this up, but we saw all the press that the Russo's brothers got for including that one nameless gay character Mm -hmm. in in Endgame. But Mm -hmm. it showed that there is a hunger for LGBTQ plus uh, representation in these movies and that that there is there 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 is a a large group of people that are pining for it. Um but whether they act upon it in the near future, I think that's probably less likely, but I do think it's gonna happen with it in a Star Wars movie or TV yeah. show. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If any member of the media happens to be listening to this episode, J.J. Abrams has gone on record in the past when he thought he wasn't going to do another Star Wars movie that he does think there was space for um, gay representation in Star Wars. So now that he's actually come back, um, I think it's worthwhile to hold his feet to the flames when it comes to that because um, – he, he, he went on record and he said it should be there. So then if he doesn't put it in trust, then he has to be held accountable for that, mm-hmm. in my no, opinion. I 100% agree. So, and I think that's the, what I would say. Most likely we get more, this is why diversity in writers is so mm-hmm. important, because we get more queer writers into these rooms, then they are going to be more likely to put these characters in in the movies and TV mm-hmm. shows, but they also know how to handle it. Exactly. I feel like what I get the impression of is that these, the writers and directors that we currently have now probably are not in gets, including queer character. They just think that including um, a queer character means like expressing like sexuality outright, mm-hmm. like talking about sex when that's not really the case. Right. So yeah, I think um this is a no-brainer but more representation in behind the scenes and in the writing rooms means that we have better better people to actually handle these these characters and actually know that you know queer people we are just not horny little fucks <laughs> we have relationships we like it's not it I don't know I'll speak for yourself no, I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> There's there's more nuance to to our sexuality right. than the actual sex right. part, and I I feel like some people, especially white cis straight men, forget yeah. about that. We just, sometimes we just like want to hold hands or like flirt yeah. or like you know just cuddle. Like yeah, why that's like we can do things that are intimate that are not necessarily sexual. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so the implication that our existence would be. Is, sexual is well it's harmful to the kids that are watching it too yeah um and i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong and like i've actually seen some um queer writers point out that like thing uh movies like uh oh what's the name of that movie uh it was the big one that came out last year about the gay teen love simon Love, Simon. Somebody was criticizing Love, Simon for being kind of not about him having sex. And I'm like, well, like, A, he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it can be a little hairy when we reproach that sort of thing. And B, he's more than his ability to have sex. So seeing him have a crush and fall in love and have to deal with being forcibly outed. Like, those all make for good storytelling and makes it worthy of being told. And, yeah, I don't see... Yeah, I don't see anything wrong. If if it's fine for straight 
you know, cis people to have their, you know, love stories come mm-hmm. about kind of without the sex aspect being overt, then why can't our stories be told in the same fashion? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we don't go, the movies do not go into explicit details about the sex life between Han and Leia. Yeah. So, but like for we just we know, know it exists be- well because one they have a, a <laughs> child but like yeah we know it exists you know yeah. and nothing has to be explained about their romantic relationship it just kind of happens and like that can yeah. be the same that is the same for queer relationships is yeah and i, I also feel like straight directors or writers have the idea that every queer story needs to be about being queer and like coming Mm -hmm. out or dealing with discrimination and like those those kinds of movies and books are important but like they don't Mm -hmm. need to be the end-all be-all for queer stories and i would say that Mm -hmm. it's just as as important to see queer people just kind of existing and being normal and not having their sexuality be an issue because that is the future that we are hoping to get yeah. to. So as much as we need those those stories about queer uh, characters struggling with their sexuality and struggling with coming out, I do think there um, is a, a need for, for normalcy mm-hmm. when it comes to being queer. And I think Star Wars is probably one of the better places to have yeah. those stories. And uh, honestly, aside from Aftermath... All the queer representation that we've seen has come from a place of, oh, yeah, she's okay, you're into girls. Okay, you're pan. Okay, mm-hmm. like, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, this is just how I am. And, like, it's, like, it's not even a thing. They're, they've moved on to the next right. thing, next thing in the next sentence. So, like, um, it can be done. It's done in literature, in the literature side of things all the time. Afro was just into girls. That's just yeah. how it was. And suddenly she has a love interest. And, of course, she would have a love interest because she's I mean she doesn't have to have a love interest but like you know so we've established the fact that she's gay so yeah yeah, let's give her a love interest because that's what's gonna keep making stories for our comic series so um a great instance of normalcy was in the Afro comic like early on in the Afro comic when we get introduced to her dad um and Mm -hmm. I can't remember the context of the situation but like her dad's like you have terrible taste in women <laughs> and like it was fine it yeah. wasn't like dad was like you know why do you like women or anything like that like this is just a thing in the star wars galaxy and this is the other thing the star wars galaxy is fucking huge and to yeah. assume that mm-hmm. like all of the people living in star wars are straight when there are so many different kinds of people and aliens and beings within star wars like that it just doesn't make sense yeah, and also I just want to point out that Caden's um, Caden's interaction with like her her community is pretty much the same because they were all joking to her about having a big crush on Ahsoka, yeah. and it was just mm-hmm. kind of normal. It was just it was seen as something that's just you know everyone knew that Caden had crushes on girls and like girls, and it was just yeah. fine. So, mm-hmm. and that's not to say like I. That I don't think that there could be characters or communities in the galaxy far, far away that are discriminatory against queer people. Like, I think the Empire would definitely be one, you know, 
I bet you, like- you kind of get the vibe a little bit because they do the if you go into some of Ray Sloan's sections in the Aftermath trilogy, there's a couple of things that indicate that they really wanted women to be barefoot and pregnant and keep producing people mm-hmm. for the Empire to utilize. Um, and so in the end, then with Sinjir, it's the same thing. It's yeah. kind of like it, it, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just discouraged because you're not producing heirs mm-hmm. and. That's not useful for you would, us. But you like, think in, a, in 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 this universe, in this galaxy, they would ha- find ways to be able to produce kids without having sex. Oh, I don't know. They don't have gynecology um, in the <laughs> galaxy far, far away. Apparently. <laughs> okay, they they're able. You can this, have surprise this, twins this in the galaxy far, far away. This galaxy is able like, to. Come on make clones but they're not able to tell if a woman's having twins or not they have nothing for reproductive (laughs) health (laughs) nothing you're right you're right which is super stupid so there's a lot of places where queer representation is missing and that usually turns into us putting it in ourselves and I feel like this happens a lot in the queer community is just like people just claiming characters mm-hmm. um like um one of the things I always think about is like the queer community claiming Thor as the protector of the lesbians which I fucking love um yes. <laughs> or like I'll frequently tweet that all of Star Wars is gay so yeah, like we just grab characters and are like, this one's gay or this one's trans or this one is bi, you know, and straight people get really fucking upset about that. But we mm-hmm. have to do it because otherwise we don't get anything. We get like scraps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that go- leads us into our next topic. It's all about ships. And I'm not talking about, like, the pew-pew kind. Um, I'm talking about the gay-gay kind. <laughs> the kiss-kiss. The gay-gay. kind. So I want to briefly talk about, like, who who are our favorite, who are our favorite ships in Star Wars? Um, specifically... Uh, gay ships um or queer ships um so i'll let i'll let y'all go first since you're the guests and that's polite (laughs) all right my two biggest ones are sabine and ketsu and also emma gives me shit about this one i don't care i i don't give you shit about that i just don't (laughs) care (laughs) no i no you don't there's i have receipts but it's okay no, I'm talking I about remember um, a long time ago when I was still active on Tumblr, um, we did a a fem slash week or something like that, where you know you would create different kinds of content with with fem slash ships, and I did one with Ahsoka and Hera, and the idea was Hera is force sensitive but doesn't mm-hmm. recognize it, and Ahsoka does. And keeps, like, telling her, like, you know, you're far sensitive and they're in this relationship. And then it was, like, Hera didn't... The first time Hera ever felt... Truly felt the force mm-hmm. is when Ahsoka went to Malachor. Um, 
And at that point, we didn't know if Ahsoka lived or not. And so I'm down with Ahsoka and Hera. <laughs> oh. I Okay, so mm-hmm. with Sabine and Ketsu, I think when it comes to visual medium, like TV shows and movies, I think they're the obviously coded mm-hmm. ones that we have. The closest ship that we have that could be like, there's could be mm-hmm. something there. Even though they kind of made it weird with blood sisters and they kept on referring to each other as sisters, I feel like that was the easiest one to kind of grasp onto and be like, oh, these two people have a past and they have a very deep emotional past. And it Mm -hmm. seems like you could take it to where they were romantically evolved at one point. Um, also, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. they're just how their look is kind of queer coded, um, so they're they're the most obvious one for me to kind of like, if we were going to get canon, can canon, uh, queer couples in let's say, uh, with TV or or if we're gonna pick characters mm-hmm. from from TV or movies, I feel like they are gonna be the ones that will be outed. Or be put into a relationship in, like, a novel or a comic or maybe even another TV series down the line. Animated TV series. We can only hope. You brought up a great point about being (coughs) – excuse me – being coded as queer in terms of their looks. Um, Do you think, like, straight people notice that they're doing that? I don't know. Because, like, Sabine has, like, the short hair, and she's constantly coloring her hair different funky know. colors, and that's a very <laughs> gay thing to do, and Katsu has, like, this rockin' buzz cut kind of thing going on, and that's a very gay thing to do. <laughs> I feel like after I see Clone Wars Series 7 and... um uh, I read Alphabet Squadron. I will have a better answer to this because there's a couple characters that they've teased that look very queer coded mm-hmm. to me. Um, and then we'll see whether or not they actually follow through on that. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if they know. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that looks cool. Let's just do that. They're a cool person. Or do they know and they think it's like, yeah, yeah, when it's really nothing? That's an I interesting question. I'm it. not sure. Cause like there, you know, like we all joke yeah. within our in the community that like I'll use bi for example because that's the one I relate to the most. Like there's very bi ways to dress. Um, like constantly tucking mm-hmm. your shirt yeah. into your jeans. Uh, I do that all the time. Or rolling up your pants so that your ankles are showing, and having statement jackets and wearing a jean jacket. And like I remember this being introduced to Chris, boyfriend of the pod, and he was just like, that's like a that's like a gay thing. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so now like <laughs> now Chris gets it and it's it's kind of cute. And like every time he puts on a jean jacket, he goes, Am I gay now? <laughs> <laughs> which that started during um celebration is where he picked up on a lot of that, which was really cute. Um I was like, look at you, you little straight guy trying so hard. <laughs> but I wonder, I like, I don't, they, I, I would imagine that these people are exposed to queer culture and queer community, even yeah. if they're not into it. I would hope they are. They live in Los Angeles. They live in California. And I hope they are, too. Because it's really, um, yeah. 
Hey, straight people out there. <laughs> straight people, do you answer know- this question. <laughs> do, you- <laughs> do you notice the way we dress is just a little bit different than yeah. you? But, like, it's so easy to live in that bubble yeah. that I can see some people, like, not know. Like, so at home, to my knowledge, I'm the only queer person in my friend group. Like, yeah, and that's a whole other topic in and of itself of, like, how painful that can be and, like, isolating and lonely that can be, especially during Pride Month when I Mm want to go to, like, a bunch of Pride events, but, and, like, I want to take people with me, but, like, at the same time, it would mean a lot more to bring, like, another queer person with me than, like, my straight friends, um, yeah, but, yeah, like, they kind of live in this bubble of, all of their friends being straight except for me and so like I'm their only glimpse into the queer community and I'm obviously not representative of the entire queer community um and so Emma what are some of your favorite chips um oh god well my big one is Ray Rose Ray Rose right now um they haven't even interacted but like that's what gives me hope (laughs) Like, okay, but that that picture though. Oh my god! Seriously, I no, I literally <laughs> I stayed up till two the other night because it just like I was like thinking about okay, like how could this scene go out? And then I ended up writing some fan fiction about that that Aww. I will never publish. Wait, I want to. But it's basically he well basically Rose kind of takes her back from the brink of breakdown from the brink of a breakdown because she's learned some shit. <sighs> And then she kind of shows her something that's, like, really helped her. And it's a really sweet moment. It's not, like, overly... Again, like, it's one of those things where it's, like... It's one of those things where it's, like, kind of, like, this very intimate mm-hmm. moment. But it doesn't necessarily have to be shippy. Um, which is kind of what I'm expecting from... Which is Gosh. the best case scenario I think I'm, ex- I'm trying to, like, keep my hopes at for Tross. But, like, I really want them to be gay together. I want them to be in lesbians. Question. My my mind is going fuzzy, but isn't there going to be the journey to yes. Tross book that's going to focus on their or yes. going to have them interact? It's her. It's Ray Rose and Poe going on an adventure. Oh my gosh! So my hopes will be dashed by November, but like in the meantime, <laughs> we can pray. <laughs> We can pray. Um, but, yes, I just, I don't know. I just really like the idea of the two of them together. And But, like, it also comes with conflict because it's, like, but we have, like, so few female friendships yeah. in Star Wars that, like, I don't want to be disappointed if they're just friends because it would be really yeah, important. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's a double-edged sword um, of, like, yes, I'm really excited that we have a yeah. female friendship in Star Wars because, like, like you said, we barely get that. I feel like one of the first big instances um, in terms of movies that we got that was with Amelin and Leia. Um, yeah. But at the same time, we also don't have queer representation. And I feel like when we are talking about wanting queer rep in Star Wars, a lot of it tends to focus on gay men um, rather than gay mm-hmm. women. Um, and that's a whole other thing of like, I feel like, gay men are the idea of gay men are more acceptable to straight people than to women because we our relationships tend to get over sexualized um yeah but that's also just fandom. i was gonna say yeah that's fandom. at its best because like 
male slash relationships is just part of yeah stan fandom and and stan culture um so i will say like i'm yeah so i'm really rooting for ray and rose um i'm not like i don't mind the idea of finn Mm -hmm. and poe but I'm also, like, trying to, like, there's some people who treat it as, like, this is the only way we can get yeah. a gay rep in Tross. And to me, that doesn't feel, like, I feel like if you're at that level where, like, if they don't get together, like, the film has somehow failed us. And, I mean, there's a, there is a bit of a failing in that the film can't provide any sort of mm-hmm. gay rep. Um, but it's not because these two specific characters didn't get together together. um Mm -hmm. and that's something i actually take some issues with because there hasn't been adequate like they've been really close really good friends and there's been like a couple like really cute moments that could be shippy but like at the end of the day they haven't been declared to be anywhere on the lgbtq Mm -hmm. spectrum by any of the creatives and so if they were made to be like both of them were made to be straight like that would be in jj's hands because they were characters that he right. created so um i mean like poe dameron should not be like purely straight but like you know if jj decided to make it that way then that would be jj's call because it, it's his character to make the call mm-hmm. with so that's kind of where i stand with it but if it were to happen of course i'd be thrilled yeah. um but that's kind of that's my soapbox for yeah. now. <laughs> I, yeah, well, just don't want to like focus on any hope of representation in the sequel trilogy yeah. on Finn and Poe. Yeah, and I know people. I know people that would probably be upset that if like they made Finn or or Poe mm. queer, but not Finn. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's wrong. Yeah. Like if your entire this. like queer rep in Star Wars depends on only Finn and Poe, like. Feel like you need to re-examine your choices. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What about okay, you, Abby? So, <laughs> one of my big ones is obviously Ray Rose. Um, but we talked about that. Yeah, uh, Sabe and Padme. Uh, after Queen Shadow, I was like, hell fucking yeah. Where I wrote, well, a little bit of fic about it. Um, you know, with with a little bit of. Uh, what we used to call as kids Ooh. lemon, <laughs> lemon, lemons. Ooh, about lemon. Um, le- lemon warning. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Um, and one that is like an extremely rare pair. I remember reading this, reading a fic on um, archive of our own of Ahsoka and Afra, um, where like they have like a one night stand. And the whole reason they end up having a one night stand is because Afra was trying to lure Ahsoka in so she could, so Darth Vader could be like, surprise, bitch, thought you saw the last of me. Um, and he was just <laughs> like, I didn't tell you to sleep with her. And she's like, yeah, but she's hot. Um, and I was kind of really into that. I was like, hell yeah. Um, and then another extremely rare pair that I have is uh, Luke Skywalker and Bodhi Rook. Our boys. Our boys. Um, I do like that There is a fantastic fic that I recommend to everybody all the time on Archive of Our Own called I Guess I'll Know When I Get There. Um, It is all, it is Luke and Bodhi's relationship and the, it's a alternate universe obviously of where 
Rogue One lives and nobody dies. Um, and I think she just, the writer just finished the first one because she's going to make a sequel and it's like 104 chapters. <laughs> Oh. Uh, but it spans the entirety of the original trilogy so it's really good 10 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> and that's really funny that your your um your list of ships consists of of ships that could happen potential that actually has potentials and then ships that are considered yeah. to be crack ships because sometimes we do need oh, a yeah. good crack ship for sure mm-hmm. I will I'm like super into Empress Anafra. I think that would be an interesting Ooh. little dalliance. It wouldn't be Wait, something Enfys that would last. Empress Anafra. Empress Anafra. P.S. Empress should be always shipped with any lady Duh. from here on out. Empress yeah. <laughs> is queen of the gays. We've declared it. Um. <laughs> well, especially after Aaron Kellyman came out. That yes. Was... Yeah. That's that's the whole reason why Empress should yep. be gay now too. Yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and like, God, like, I don't even know if the cards would even fall into place for the two of them to meet, but if they did, I think they would be a lot of fun. Um, and then another one of my crack ships, I mean, it feels weird calling it a crack ship because it's based on an actual, like, friendship is Emlyn and Leia. Yeah. Um, which I just, I don't know. They, like... It, it, that goodbye seemed like really sad. Right. <laughs> Again, my dad thought there was a gay undertone. My conservative straight dad thought there was a gay undertone with them. So, yeah, it's there. It's there. So, but yeah, I think it's. I mean, like half of, especially when it comes to like female female ships in Star Wars. Like, a good chunk of it is going to be crack ships yeah. because there's not enough women who interact exactly. in Star Wars for it to be, like, um, fully, fully, uh, to be something that's shippable in, like, a grander yeah. sense. So, yeah. Um, we kind of talked about this already about, like, why these ships are so important to us and why fanfic is so necessary. It's because, like, we don't see ourselves on screen, so we have to insert ourselves somewhere. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say it's just also to kind of explore how these characters would interact in and 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 queer situations and dealing with queer characters. Like I, I take like a lot of comfort in reading fanfic where Sabine's sexuality, where she's uh, being written as queer, and the ghost crew kind of like accepts her and loves her i think oh i wish i i was trying to find this fic i think it might have been deleted mm-hmm. but it was on ao3 and it was just all about how like sabine was like talking through her relationship with katsu and in this fic there is a um it was just kind of like they had a history they had a romantic history she was young and she didn't know how to feel about it and didn't know how to feel about katsu being back in in their lives and which is she was talking to Hera about it and like Hera was being, you know, very affirming and, you know, very helpful and very, um, just very encouraging and loving about the whole situation. And it's for people who maybe be like me, who might be in a very hostile, not maybe hostile, but you know, in a conservative environment where, where queer relationships are kind of, are definitely seen to be as dirty or something that's Mm -hmm. not right. 
it is just so nice to read about these characters that all of us love and all of us grow attached to being accepting um about of yeah. different sexuality yeah so well i mean a big thing that i do is like headcanon leia as bisexual mm -hmm. but as a bisexual who didn't figure it out until after she found her heterosexual mate um and part of it is like me trying to kind of like because i relate to leia so much so like part of it is me trying to like process my own identity mm -hmm. through leia um mm -hmm. but then having her come out you know after Han and after Ben means she found out kind of later in her 20s, which was kind of when I kind of came to terms with it myself. And so, I mean, there's an element of, like, utilizing the characters and then kind of seeing how if they kind of went through a similar process that you went mm -hmm. through, how would it, how does it fit into kind of how the universe has already set them up? And I think that's an, I think it's just an interesting thing to explore from, like, a character side yeah. of things. Which I think you've and, also, both of you have mentioned, so. All three of mm -hmm. us are cis. So mm -hmm. we don't really don't deal mm -hmm. with gender identity. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, fan fiction is a great way to kind of explore what people are feeling uh, with these characters with, with mm -hmm. problems with gender identity. And, and yeah, so it's just a great outlet of, of taking something that's very comfortable and something that a person knows and kind of working through some problems and exploring some situations that they might not have like maybe situations or or go through relationships that they might not have the opportunity yeah. to do in real life man we have smart things to say sometimes like sometimes we say some really <laughs> stupid shit sense. like vibrating rath tires and then we have very poignant <laughs> conversations and i feel like that's our friendship in a nutshell <laughs> Yeah, but that's, that's that's how you know you've yeah. got the best friendship. It's just, if you can be, if you can have those deep thoughts, but also be so stupid with each other, you've got a good solid base there, I'd okay, say. Okay, who would be top or bottom? Oh. Thin or poe? Oh, God. Who's top and bottom? Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't think enough about this. They're both switches. Poe's a top. Yeah, but he's in yeah. command all the time. Maybe he's like willing to be a little bit more like submissive, submissive when he's in bed. Yeah, you know, kind of like letting that kind of just like take the ease off his shoulders because he he puts so much of a burden on himself <laughs> that I think like if he wanted to like really relax and have a good time with someone, he would be submissive. You know what? That yeah, I was just gonna say that's a big fucking mood. <laughs> um, because like. You know, I take charge a lot in my everyday life. And so, you know, sometimes in, in my sex life, it's kind of nice to be like, you do it. <laughs> I love how in the beginning of this episode, I was like, you know, queer relationships exist out of like sex. And now we're <laughs> just thin like, or poe top or bottom. <laughs> but, but sex is a part of everybody's life. So like, of course, we're going to talk about that too. That's true. So, like, we are mostly passionate people. That is what you should take away from this. <laughs> we contain multitudes. We can... I was just about to say that, Abby! God damn you! Okay. So something that I think Jess and I plan on asking every guest that we have on this month um, is why does Star Wars call to us even though it doesn't always include us? Well, mm. a lot of things don't include yeah. us. It's just um, a reality and... that we live in. 
yeah, just reality that we live in. And I think especially Star Wars has, there's promise that they will start including us. And for me, Star Wars has always been part of my life. So I think it will always be there for me. Like, it's always something that's going to call to me. It's kind of part of my DNA now. Um, and the reason why I do stick to... I do have a... I do do a podcast that's all kind of all about LGBTQ representation in Star Wars and female representation in Star Wars is that um, I do think that there... that that there's potential for, for it to start including us and that there is hope. Mm-hmm. I so. will say, as a cis brunette white mm-hmm. female, yeah, um, and like, and it's I fell so much in love easier. with Star Wars before I figured out I was like, before I fully accepted yeah. that I was queer. So like, and the two characters that I have like latched on to very deeply have been Leia and Rey, the people who yeah. most resemble me. Um, I there is that element to it is like, even though it doesn't. necessarily represent me in all of my multitudes there are parts of it that do represent me and then it also represents a lot of my moral Mm -hmm. standing and um it captures my imagination and allows me to think kind of outside of earth and like how could I what would I like to see earth as like in its Mm -hmm. best and how would that look and so there because it's a big open world um i think there's a lot of ways to kind of express yeah you know um how i would like to see my world you know star wars has a promise to being it it's a blank slate mm. in a lot of ways um because it, it isn't really tied down to um to how our world works and in our world history but the thing is, is that because it doesn't have the voices behind it, it doesn't really show that, doesn't really project that, uh, project the diversity that it could have. Um, so that's why we need diversity behind mm-hmm. the scenes and not just different in sexualities, but just we're different races and different, you know, places where people come from and different gender, gender identities mm-hmm. and sexual identities. So, yeah. That's, and I feel like there's a, that's kind of why you know, we get so frustrated about when, you know, another white man has been cast to tell another story mm-hmm. and we find out, and like, especially with like, with this new video game, it's been written by white men and it stars a white man. And so I know that there's not going to be a new perspective added yeah. to yeah. the world of Star Wars because of it. And like, it's coming from, it's a story that, has potential but like if the is it reaching its full potential if we're going back to the same well all the time because like you said star wars is a blank slate yeah and it's also and going back to the video game it's also kind of telling the story that's already kind of been told and the character was not white so yeah yeah that's canon so again we can have really poignant thoughts (laughs) (laughs) um ditto to everything you guys. <laughs> yeah. Same Okay. So, Loud's Beautiful Town is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. Um, and if you leave a five-star review, I will read it on the pod. And I didn't know that iTunes does not show international uh, reviews. 
And so I found a site that will send us international reviews and we had three. So, and they were all like one was our very first review. Um, and so I feel terrible. So I'm going to read them now. Um, that geek Andy said, I followed Abby and Jess on Twitter for a long time and enjoy what they bring to fandom. So when I saw that they have a podcast together, I just had to listen and I wasn't disappointed. A great introduction episode to the Star Wars podcast family. So thank you, that geek Andy. Um, Our dear friend Charlie from Imperial Senate Pod said, with most Star Wars podcasts containing lots of dudes, it's refreshing to hear Abby and Jess use their knowledge and expertise to dissect this franchise. Subscribe for the incredible content. Stay for the Palpatine impression. Thank you, Charlie. Do it. Um, (laughs) Meme 96 uh, said, I just listened to Abby's solo episode, and wow, that was an emotional podcast for me. I thank you with every fiber of my body. I needed it. P.S. Always here for some D&D bashing. Hell yeah. Fuck Benioff and Weiss. (laughs) <laughs> Darth Camus said, I really dig this podcast. Jess and Abby are brilliant. I don't remember how I stumbled upon their podcast, but I'm glad I did because they talk honestly and give zero fucks. I really like the episode about mental health. Give them a listen. We had a lot of, when we asked people, you know, like, what kind of content do you want to hear from us? Um, when we took a week off last week, a lot of people said more mental health talk. So we will try and incorporate that. Um, Liam Belson said, and I thought this was like the perfect review for this week. It just kind of happened. Um, bringing the wit of Rogue Padron and the wisdom of Sapphic Skywalkers. Uh, Lousy Beautiful Town is a stellar Star Wars podcast. Abby and Jess shine a light on the underrepresented issues of Star Wars and remind its listeners that an important part of loving a franchise is being critical of it. Lousy Beautiful Town reminds me of my love for Star Wars, even as it does make me want to put my fist through it occasionally and every episode is a really excellent exploration of the various facets of the franchise i really love this show so thank you everybody who left a review and i'm really sorry to our international listeners who left a review and we didn't know you did because itunes fucking sucks so (laughs) all right so Safix, where can we find you you can find our podcast on twitter at Safix. uh skywalk um and then we're on soundcloud at sapphic skywalkers itunes spotify at sapphic skywalkers and then you can find me on twitter at lenny neal that's l-y-n-n-y-n-e-a-l and i'm on twitter as emphasis that's e-m-f-y-s underscore n-e-s-t Hell yeah um you can listen or i already said where you can listen to lousy beautiful town you can find us on twitter at lbt pod or you can email us at lousy beautiful town pod at gmail.com you can find me on Twitter at Abby M. Cecilia, and you can find Jess at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. And with that, one of these days we'll figure out how to end our episode. But today I'm going to steal from Sapphic Skywalkers and say, go preach mm-hmm. the gay gospel. Did I say it right? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what is it again? Go forth and preach the gay Star Wars gospel. Gay Star Wars gospel. My bad. I listen to Sapphic Skywalk. <laughs>